0: wonderful turnout tonight. Thank you so much for being here on a Wednesday evening. I know you all probably had a long work day, and uh, but thank you for coming out and joining us for this American screening of Monte Sole Memories by Stefano Bellini. And I'm going to let him talk about himself here in a bit. So I'm going to let Jim... Thomas, say a few words about the museum. And then Stefano will introduce the film. And then we'll watch this wonderful film. It's about 50 minutes long. Again, if you need to get up and stretch a little bit while we, uh, while we watch the film, feel free to do that. And then after the film, this is very special to all of us. The three veterans who are from this area, Pittsburgh World War II veterans of Italian descent, uh, families are here tonight. So we would like the families to say a few words on behalf of the veterans who unfortunately have all passed away before Stefano had a chance to meet them in person. And that is just one of the great tragedies that we um, endure with such an older generation. So my name is Kevin Farkas. I am the founder of the Veteran Voices of Pittsburgh Oral History Initiative. I've been working with the Veterans Breakfast Club. Many of you know that organization. You come to the breakfast, these live storytelling events. I'm the guy who comes and does all the recording. So over here, we've got a lot of recording stuff going on. We're actually gonna record this tonight, and we're going to make a podcast out of this for Alakiski Historical Society here. So I produce a podcast called Alakiski Chronicle for this museum. It's part of a larger effort that I have with local museums and local historical societies to help bring all these wonderful treasures to the public through the platform of podcasting. And if you don't know what a podcast is, turn to a young person next to you and ask them, because they'll tell you. What we are doing here tonight is public history. This is not history that gets, uh, you know, recorded and put into a box somewhere into a vault, into an academic book somewhere. This is history that is meant to be shared with the public. So we have this wonderful film, we have this event tonight to help share and make public these stories. And public history is, is its what we do with the Veterans Breakfast Club, it's what we do with Veteran Voices, and we are very privileged to be able to preserve these stories. We have about 1,300 veteran stories on record and at the end of this year, we'll probably have about 2,000 stories recorded. And we're recording the live events. These are long-form interviews. I'll use that for a long one. And these are sometimes five minutes. But, you know, we've had recordings of five minutes. And they were the only recordings for some veterans who passed away. And their family asks us for those recordings and we say we have that and they say oh this is the only voice that we have preserved so these are all precious this film is precious as you will see tonight so I'm going to move this along here and turn this over to Jim who will talk a little bit about this wonderful space here as you can see this is some some uh, glass work, right this is amazing so Jim
1: yeah thanks everybody for coming tonight we're so proud to uh, be able to host this event my name's Jim Thomas. I'm president of the Historical Society, and it's a local historical society for the Allegheny-Kiskey Valley towns, you know, New Kensington, Vandegrift, Tarentum, and we celebrate things like this year we're celebrating the 175th anniversary of Tarentum. that room back there, that's going to be where the Tarentum room is going to be for the year. Uh, the building itself was built in 1931 by the American Legion veterans of World War One, and if you look on the outside of the building you'll see the names of the World War One battles inscribed in it and after World War II they got PPG to donate this beautiful mirrored cobalt blue glass and it was made in Ford City, PA and they had it all done based on World War II. The names of the World War II battles are in the back. The uh, American Legion emblems are inscribed there. And all that engraving was done by Albert Van Dyne in uh, Ford City. He's the father of uh, Wayne Van Dyne, who you might have known as a TV personality. And I don't know if you noticed the PPG building in the back there. That's PPG place in Pittsburgh. That's the architect's model of uh, that building and they made it in Ford City, so they knew what the building was gonna look like and how it was gonna fit in with the rest of the buildings downtown. PPG had the building in their their building for a while, Then they didn't know what to do with it. So they says, you guys want it? Great, we'll take it. Yeah, it's a real uh, work of art. It's just one of the great things we can be proud of in the area. But uh, that's about it. I'm gonna turn it over to the gang here.
0: So the other day, uh, I was here recording a podcast. And I said, Jim, I'd like you to talk about this building. He said, I have nothing to say. So tonight, you're a star. (laughs) You've got a lot to say tonight. Thank you.
2: Ciao. Ciao. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. This is uh, my first time that uh, I read in English after many, many years. have a patent, <laughs> please. Um, I want to thank uh, with all my heart, my friend Kevin, his association, Veteran Voice of Pittsburgh, families of veterans, the Zippi, the Gervasi, the Vernillo, Frank Lozos, and his wife, Catherine. Thanks to uh, Mrs. Lucente, uh, thanks to Sal Patitucci, and uh, thanks to all for being here tonight this is uh, one of the most beautiful experiences of my life i'm going to read a page uh, before each screening in italy i always read this the, the reason is because the documentary is very particular jean six 1944, just before dawn, the 1st Infant Division also know the Big Red One, landed in Normandy at Omaha Beach with, with the Big Red One, with the Red Number One on the shoulder patch. The 1st Division has already landed in North Africa at the end of the 1942, and in Sicily in July in uh, nineteen forty three during Operation ASCI. The first division landed in Normandy with two hundred five soldiers, but only fifty of them managed to escape. Among them was Frank Gervasi, a son of Italian immigrants from Calabria. Frank passed away in November uh, 2015, shortly after doing the interview you are about to see. Frank was awarded with the highest honor given by the French Republic, the Legion of Honor. Later, on uh, June 6, a second wave landed on uh, Omaha Beach, the soldiers of 29th Division, the ones with the round emblem, blue and gray. They are the ones who landed in red water because of the blood of soldiers who died during the first wave. Among them was Michael Vernillo, the son of immigrants from the Campania region in Italy. Uh, Michael managed to land and a few weeks later he lost his best friend, Lieutenant Merrill, the victim of an ambush. Michael passed away on March two weeks ago. His friend Michael Vernillo was also awarded with the Legion of Honor. During the landing in Normandy, in an hospital in Southampton, England, there was a soldier, a special one. He was a medic, a barber, he played the trumpet and much more. He also treated with wounded coming from the Normandy landings, and his name is Vittorio Zippi, son of immigrants from Abruzzo. He lived in Jeannette, near Pittsburgh, and always worked as barber. Vittorio passed away on January 28, 2070. In the film you will also meet Elliot Brennan, his 12-year-old nephew who talks in the movie with my son Vanni. July 23, uh, 1944. In Fagiolo, a small village near Marzabotto, nine people were killed by the Nazis but two of them managed to escape. They are Medardo and Firmo Franchi who died in 2011. Firmo was the uncle of Romano Franchi, the current major of Marzabotto and an important part of the film. With the film I want to thank him for the support he had always given me, always believing in my project. Finally, You will hear the testimony of Ferruccio Laffi, 89 years old, and a survivor of the massacre of Montesole. Between September 29 and October 5, 1944, Ferruccio lost everything he had. I want to highlight the important and meaningful presence of Walter Veltroni, politician, writer, and director, who I thank so much for having, having participated in this documentary. Thank you.
0: Okay, we are ready for the film. Jim is going to get the lights.
3: Trisciato verso
2: la testa di Ponte, ho visto e sentito molti dei miei amici che urlavano, piangevano. Tanti sono annegati o uccisi da proiettili. Una delle pagine più, più terribili della storia del Novecento. La guerra era terribile.
1: Non augurerei al mio peggior nemico.
2: Your father spoke to my great grandfather, Vittorio. I
4: love to listen to his stories. Hello, Stefano, from Pittsburgh. Stefano, my friend, when you go to the American cemetery in Normandy, would you please bring a greeting and a flower
1: for me to the grave of Lieutenant Merle.
2: Grazie. <laughs>
0: Jim is gonna turn on the lights. I don't know if you were fans of the History Channel or not, those great slick productions. I happen to think that grassroots productions like this are authentic, and they're very real, and they come from the heart. And guys like Frank and Michael, you know, often these, uh, and Vittorio, often, you know, no one's after their stories. So it takes folks like Stefano, you know, to bring their stories into this medium that lasts, you know, their earthly voices are now silent but their voices live on here. And we are blessed tonight to have the families, as I said earlier, to say a few words on behalf of our veterans. So Kathy, I'll bring the mic to you, okay? So this is Kathy, so I'll bring the mic over to you if you'd like to say a few words on behalf of your dad, Frank. You know, hey, we all struggle through those subtitles, right? Uh, On these chairs, I have a rough day, I think. First wave in Africa, first wave in Sicily, first wave of D-Day. I think of Frank, what Frank went through, my life's not so bad, right? <laughs> okay, here you go. Hi,
3: I'm Kathy Carizia and I'm Frank's oldest daughter. I'm one of four children. This is my sister Francine and my mom uh, Anita and my husband Bill Carizia. Our dad was a good man. He was a good provider. He was a good husband. He was a good father, good grandfather, and he was a humble man. So for the f- 60 years after the war, we didn't know too much about his service. We knew that he was in the service. We knew that there was something called Normandy and he had been a part of it. But we didn't know all the ins and outs of uh, Sicily and of Normandy and that the friends and compatriots that he lost that day. So. Thank you, Kevin, and the work that you do with the Veterans Voices because my dad opened up when he went to the breakfasts, and from there he opened up at home, and we were able to record along with Kevin all of the experiences that he had in World War II. So we appreciate that very much. And Stefano, thank you very much for choosing and, and using our dad's experiences because actually it's across the world now with uh, YouTube and everything else that we have. So thank you very much, and thank you for coming tonight.
0: So next we have not family, but dear friend of Michael's. This is Frank Losos. Frank, I know you spoke earlier at Michael's memorial. I know you're a little bit emotional about that, but say a few words, okay?
4: I want to thank uh, Stefano for bringing this movie to life. I met Michael three and a half years ago, Uh, when my wife started going to community college in Pittsburgh, taking French classes every Saturday morning. And that became a routine then for me to come down to McDonald's, where Michael had breakfast every day, actually, but I only share the Saturday mornings with him. And the first time I saw him, he was sitting, telling one of his stories. He was a great storyteller. And there was a crowd of, of seniors sitting around him. And uh, from that point on, we became fast friends. I would then spend 9.30 to maybe 10.30 with him on Saturday and then go to his townhouse, which was about five, six blocks away. And he would spread out all of these pictures and albums and, and stories. And it was just a marvelous thing. He never was the hero of any of his stories. He had immense respect for the others who were heroes. Lieutenant Merrill, Thomas D. Howey, uh, who was uh, killed by a sniper on the eve of orchestration of that uh, final movement on San Lo, And uh, there was a young cub reporter, Andy Rooney, I know you remember from 60 Minutes. He's got to start with the Stars and Stripes magazine covering that move into San Lo. When the jeep carrying the body of Major Howey was brought in as the first man, the first G.I. then who would enter the city by General Gerhardt gave the the order. These were heroes for Michael. He never expected to be anything himself. And I would urge you even to read someone he greatly admired, the biography of Irina Sendler. She was a social worker in Warsaw during the early 40s, and she abandoned her job to become a plumber's assistant supposedly going into these houses so that the plumbing could be fixed but she would smuggle out babies and make them available to orphanages and convents and other places who would then raise them when their families were exterminated those were his heroes she did something that he said well he was just doing his duty but she took efforts and risked her life every day. Anyway, that's the kind of man uh, Michael was. And mentioned this morning was something that St. Francis of Assisi had said, speak always of the Lord and sometimes use words. Michael and all of these heroes did by example. They left uh, an indelible mark on all of us to provide service and sacrifice to others, and I thank again Stefano for bringing this to light. Thank you all.
1: Thank you.
5: thank you.
0: And now to speak on behalf of Vittorio, his daughter Carol Zippy Brennan. Your whole family was in that film.
5: And my whole family is here tonight. My brother, my sister, my cousins, their kids, my son, my daughter-in-law, and Elliot. Stand up, Elliot. Come on. Let them see you. This is Elliot. And you also saw Zach learning how to play the trumpet. (laughs) Our dad so much wanted to be here tonight. He was looking so forward to it, and he was so proud. Sadly, he died six weeks ago. He made it 93 years, but he couldn't hold on another few months. His time that was spent in the Army was not just a time spent in the Army. It was the deciding moment and the defining moment of his life. It humbled him, it stretched him, it educated him, it introduced him to a world that he never knew, a world where he met friends, many of whom he kept for his entire life, a world of new ideas, and he remembered all of that. Every conversation with our dad was peppered with stories of World War II, and everybody from my family here knows that. And a lot of those stories were fun stories. He played the trumpet, as you saw here in the movie, and he'd tell us stories about the time he played for Lucille Ball and the time he played for the Queen of England and how scared he was because I was only that far from the Queen of England, and she was looking at me. And he was just so excited about that. And the time he met Walt Disney, but he didn't know who Walt Disney was, so he just shook his hand and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, I don't know Walt Disney, what I, what I know? But when my dad and I were alone, he told different stories. He told about the only regret he ever had. The regret, as you saw here, of the boy who died in his arms. Both of them, just kids. 19 years old. And when my dad told me that story about not being able to to get the address and the names of that young man, he said to me, I just wanted them to know that their son died in the arms of a fellow soldier. He didn't die out on a battlefield, he didn't die in a muddy trench. And my dad, at 91, started to cry. He remembered all of those stories. And that's why we're all gathered here today and we're all proud of Frank and Michael and my dad. And we have to remember their stories. The stories of all the men who fought. Not just Michael. Not just Frank. Not just my dad. Also my uncle Lou, whose son and daughter and their families are here tonight my uncle Lou, who got a purple heart for the wounds that he sustained in the war. Stefano, there are not enough words to say thank you for keeping the memory of Frank and Michael and my dad and my uncle and countless others. You're keeping them alive. Tu attesaro, grazie Stefano, tu attesaro.
0: Thank you, Carol. We will have a question and answer period here very briefly. I know it's again a long night for many of you, but if there are questions that you would like to pose to Stefano about the film, his reasons for doing the film, now would be a good time for us to do that, okay? And I will I will bring the mic around to you. Stefano, if you want to get on this mic, okay? Any uh, Anybody have any questions?
1: You did a heck of a nice job, is all I can say. Ciao, Salvatore.
2: No, Salvatore, no. Yeah. This is Salvatore.
1: I'm, you make it very, very emotional because when I saw the city of San Pietro in Guarano, where it, most of the people they recognized, I was almost crying. It was uh, unbelievable. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you for that.
2: Thanks to you, to all the friends of San Pietro in Guarano, is uh, a lot of people here and in San Pietranguera.
1: Thank you very much again. Thank you. Grazie.
0: Any other questions or comments for Stefano? Well, here we go. I'd make a quick comment. My f- The stories that were told tonight, my my father is a Vittorio, Vittorio Mastandrea. Morocco, Casarin Pass, Sicily, Salerno. He left a piece of his leg in Salerno. And yet he still fought all through Anzio in northern Italy. The stories aren't unique. There's so many of them. I remember vividly my dad telling me that no, uh, he was a medic and he said, and he cried when he said, no parent should lose a son or, in Africa. He hated Africa. He said the dysentery, the sickness was worse than the Germans. Okay, thank you.
6: Thank you. If I may, I would like to say something. I am very proud of all these families that are here representing the sacrifices that their parents have made, their ancestors, their grandparents, uncle, and so on. My father was in World War II, but he was in Italy. So he agreed with, would have agreed with the gentleman that said, I don't wish the were a worse enemy. Unfortunately, as I was telling Stefano Bellini, The human being never learns from history. Unfortunately, we're not learning because we're still doing things like this. But I really appreciate it that in his own region, there were people that were taken by the Germans in a small town and all the men were killed. Every single man. The only one that survived in a small town in his region because I saw the town, only one person survived that became a priest later on because he escaped he was able to run away. So we should learn from the sacrifice of these people. We should learn from everything, and I very much appreciate it, what Stefano did, by coming here and bringing America and Italy together. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of you. What do you want to say something? Me being 16,
5: I I have learned about World War II quite a lot, but I cannot imagine what those men have gone through at all. I am very grateful that they've done it. And they've done it for our country and for others. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: If you get a chance, come back to the museum here. It's open Wednesdays and Saturdays. Free if you're a veteran, free if you're a member. There are wonderful treasures here. There's a whole downstairs, 19th century village. It's really amazing. If you get a chance, come back to the museum here and see Jim will give you a personal tour and uh, thank you so much for being here and have a safe drive home. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network.